Welcome to Catch the Fire's Family Life Podcast. We are a family that encounters God's transforming presence and extends the kingdom. Each week we get into what God is doing among us, what he is saying through his word, and why we should be excited about where he's leading us. For more information about Catch the Fire and giving to support this ministry, check out our website and our Church Suite app. Welcome to the Family Life Podcast. We had an amazing week this Sunday. Um, I was blown away with the fact that Jelly Babies, how much I loved them, but never realised how all the different colours had like different symbols and things all on them and that they actually was representative of how our relationship with God is being restored through Jesus Christ. And I thought it was just amazing. Um, but also just how Paul Manuel broke down um, the difference between uh, your assignment and your calling and how so many of us can get stuck um, because we take residence in a place that we was only supposed to be passing through. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, even for me, just a real eye-opener, eye but just remembrance that, you know, sometimes some things are assignment and some things are part of calling them. I think also just JJ mentioning in the ministry time that we really need to look, make sure and ensure that we are finishing 2020 well. I know we've been talking about it in the worship team, just about how we can get so into the Christmas trees and tinsel and lights and forget that this is all about Jesus and that he's the main thing and we can miss so many encounters in the in the festive spirit but there's a real opportunity to encounter the one whose birth we're really celebrating so yeah I'm just um really excited for this Christmas I mean I um, really looking forward to the Christmas services. We've got a carol service this week. Um, I was never really a fan of carols, but I actually realised that there is such a richness and a beauty in the, the lyrics and the, the way that they're put together. And they are virtually hymns in themselves, but there's such a deep theology and such a deep... Um, weight to a Christmas carol and a lot of them are just so beautifully written um, and so when you take out the music and everything else and if you just take some of them and just read them read the lyrics um, the words are so powerful and so beautiful and so yeah I'm really being challenged myself to encounter Jesus in the carols and to encounter Jesus um, really deeply this Christmas um, I missed the morning service, not because I didn't come to church, but because we are always upstairs on a morning service now because of youth. Um, guys, youth has been going so well. I am blown away by what God is doing, how he's moving so beautifully and how we came into this with almost the old fashioned, uh, filter of what church looks like 
um, and trying to engage in vulnerability and trying to engage in getting the kids to, you know, open up and almost coming and trying to force it. Um, but over the weeks, just allowing God to, to, to be God and touch their hearts and I'm really, really excited for 2020. There's a lot going on. There's a um, the youth curriculum being put together and I'm already feeling really excited. Um, I got to teach a little bit from that and I shared a testimony last week um, just about having free salvations. And um, yeah, even last week, just being upstairs and seeing some of the kids that were really shy, just beginning to open up begin to ask questions, beginning to just talk about their aspirations and their dreams. And, you know, the vulnerability starts with us. Uh, I'm more and more encouraged that the, 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 the kids in our group, the youth that we have, are, are tapping into this vision of them feeling seen and heard and loved by us and by God and so yeah please pray for the harvest I'm really feeling that this is going to grow um, but it's going to grow through them them having the confidence and the belief and the the revelation from God that they begin to start speaking to their friends and bringing their friends to church. And yeah, I'm so excited. Um, if you do see some of the youth in church, please just encourage them, you know, the same way you would uh, an adult. Um, just speak words of affirmation and um, encouragement and just show an interest because, you know, everybody needs community, everybody needs family. And like I said, there isn't a junior Holy Spirit and the more that they feel part of this, the more that they feel they are a part of what's happening now, is the more they're gonna honor it when eventually they're flying the flag and carrying the baton of this amazing revival which we know is gonna come. So yeah, we just keep praying for them and we just, yeah. Please get excited with me because the, yeah, the youth is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, we have been in Ephesians and I am bringing my trusted friend and guest from KCP, Mr. Samuel Baisden, to... Help me, really. Um, hey, Samuel, how are you? Hey, Dwayne, I'm doing well. It's great to be with you today. Good, good. So, um, I'm going to read from this the verse that we spoke about last week because we were speaking a little bit about the Trinity. So, yeah, we were speaking a little bit about uh, the Trinity and how the different persons of God interact in different ways and how I was talking about how you know I did a lot of my walk with Jesus and the Holy Spirit but I didn't really know God the Father and didn't really have any kind of relationship with that aspect of God because of my absent father um, 
So yeah, I'll read from verse 17. So we're in Ephesians 2. Um, but yeah, I'm going to read an amplified version because it's just my favorite. <laughs> and he came and he preached the good news of peace to the Gentiles who were far away and peace to those Jews who were near. For through him that were both the way have a direction way have a direct way of approach in spirit to the father so then you are no longer strangers and aliens outsiders without rights of citizenship but you are fellow citizens with the saints god's people and are members of the house of god's household having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is joined together and it continues to increase, growing in holy, in a holy tem- into a holy temple in the Lord and sanctuary dedicated, set apart and sacred to the presence of the Lord. In him and in fellowship with one another, you also are being built into a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Um, and I personally wanted to just focus on verse 19 because I just felt like there's such a huge revelation there. Um, yeah. But also it's just a massive reminder for me. Um, you're no longer strangers and aliens. <coughs> you know, you think about alien, it's just out of this world. But um, for me, the, the bit that got me was just the, you become fellow citizens and my, like, day job is as a, a work with a homeless organization and so I help people to to, to find housing um, but what you'll find is that there's two types of uh, clients sometimes and you have some that are citizens of the UK and some that are not um, and what someone has available to them when they have legal rights in the country mm. um, help from local authorities, NHS, um, uh, Harrow Council, um, public funds like benefits and things and just things that they're quite small in comparison but they're just massive help when it comes to someone needing support and someone needing uh, to get back on their feet and when you don't have that available to you and you have to strive and do everything yourself to to make something happen for yourself it just reminded me of myself when I first got saved and um, when I first became a Christian I I didn't realise that my citizenship wasn't earned I always tried to do stuff out of my orphanness <laughs> to try and make stuff happen mm-hmm. and um, it's just that reminder that the word citizenship I actually looked it up and it's you have your rights defended by law which means that basically your rights are irrevocable <laughs> yeah and i was like my 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 citizenship in heaven and my rights as a believer and the things that i received from god as a gift like from the holy spirit they are irrevocable and it takes all the pressure off especially when you take the next part which says that you are a member of God's household. Um, I don't know what your view is on on, on what I've said or <laughs> even the scripture. But. No, it's really good. I, for me, because I have a a political 
background, um, I kind of I kind of come at the word citizenship with two hats. I mean, the first is when we're looking at Ephesians two. He talks earlier, I think, in verse twelve. He says, "Remember that." At that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. And so when he talks about citizenship, he's making a parallel between human citizenship, um, like being a member of a state or having a nationalistic mm. identity and having a covenant with God. Mm. Um, the Israelites had a really sacred covenant with God that dates all the way back to Abraham mm. when God called him and said that that his descendants would, would be God's people. The Israelites frequently refer to themselves as God's chosen people. They are, mm. um, God goes to war on their behalf. Yeah. It, all throughout the Old Testament, there's supernatural military victories where, where God does crazy things um, and things that, that seem pretty, pretty dark and pretty heavy um, sometimes, but on behalf of his chosen people. And so, so Paul is, is taking that and he's saying, you weren't part of that chosen people, but because of Christ who, who paid for you, now you are. Mm. Um, so that's the first bit. Mm. And then the second bit, which I mean, you've already touched on, mm. is the um, the the national citizenship part. Paul had a really unique um, connection to citizenship in his own personal life, mm. and it, it's cool that it's a metaphor that still sticks today. That that mm. we still have citizenship. But um, in Acts twenty two, Paul had been preaching in Jerusalem, and. Um, and he, he, he makes the comment that God said to him, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. And this furiated, this absolutely infuriated the Jews. And yeah. again, it's connected yeah. to that concept of citizenship yeah. where they were furious that God would send a messenger um, away from the chosen people yeah, yeah. and to the Gentiles. But then it also connects to citizenship in another way because right after he outrages the crowd, the crowd starts freaking out and the the uh the roman i don't know if he was a centurion or what he was but but who had paul um in custody at the time pulled him away and was about to have him whipped and the the soldiers stretched paul out to whip him mm. and paul um says to them is it legal for you to flog a roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty this is acts 22 25 mm. and they freak out because they didn't know he was a Roman citizen. <laughs> and they know that they're in big trouble if they flog a Roman citizen. So um, I think I think today citizenship has a lot more to do with voting rights and access to welfare and things like mm. that. Back then, it was, it was almost um, like, almost how we would think of human rights. Like, mm. Like the average person didn't have human rights. They didn't have a right to life, to own property, to whatever. They could be slaves. They could be treated poorly. It didn't matter unless yeah. they were a Roman citizen. Yeah. And you were made a Roman citizen in multiple ways, military service, paying into it. Um, but another way is through, through a, an actual decree of the emperor or one of his representatives. They could just declare you a citizen. Um, and I think that's the parallel that that Paul is drawing here in Ephesians 2 where where he's saying Jesus through his act of sacrifice declared us citizens citizens with Christ mm. and that's a really profound profound concept um, so good dude yeah <laughs>
It's like you took me to school, man. No, <laughs> I have a tendency no, to so nerd good. out. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, um, no, I love it. Um, but even even what you said, it just it even takes the scripture and deepens it because mm-hmm. it's so much deeper. Because citizenship there, the word means even more back then than it did now. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it's just you almost when you go from from that part of the verse into, um, and you are members of God's household. Um, yeah. When you take the citizen the citizenship part, and you look at how how deep that goes, mm-hmm. um, I look at when I when even when I hear the word household, I always look at the relationship with me and my son. Mm. And when Jacob comes to my house, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't you know perform an act so that I'll feed him. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't um, he probably doesn't even have to say thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like it's just um, he just knows that he can ask. Yeah. And to be honest with you, now he's getting to the place. Even if I say no, he understands. He might not be happy about it, but he understands that I'm saying no for his benefit. Mm-hmm. He understands that when I say yes, I'm going to do it. Um, and mm. I think sometimes, like. I feel like Paul almost had to make the contrast between citizenship as the serious, like that's the that's the that's the how sealed you are in this. Yeah. But actually, you're in God's household. You're a son. Yeah. Because I feel like if you lean too way or I've said, you can get really legalistic with it and just be like, hey, <laughs> this is my rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I feel like the household part brings family. It. It's hard to explain. When I when I when I read it, I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. Jesus said, "I'm going to prepare a place for you in my Father's house." Yeah. And so when you look at the household, I'm like, Father's house. I'm a son. Um, and I've done so much as an orphan, mm-hmm. even as a Christian. Like as a believer, I've done so much out of my orphanness. I've done so much out of obligation. I've done so much because I knew that's what I was supposed to do and therefore felt like I had to. Um, But there's been nothing more beautiful than doing stuff with God out of our relationship and out of my sonship. Mm. Um, There's been nothing more fruitful. There's been nothing more long lasting and there's been nothing more safe. I've never felt safer than then now I've been a worship leader for three years and yeah you have your moments where you forget (laughs) but actually when I've led as an eight-year-old kid who's just there with his dad Mm. it's been so much more beautiful and so much more fun and exciting and I I I knew that God's heart was pleased. Yeah. Um and I think there's so much times we try to please God just by doing that act, not realizing that us in our entire being uh, is so pleasing to him in itself 
um, because he just <laughs> loves us that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that being part of God's household is is tremendous because it takes it away from the legalistic citizenship identity where um, where it's right and wrong and this and that and the other and, and brings it into a relationship of love. And I like, too, that this verse, it calls us citizens of of God's people. I think mm-hmm. we would generally say the church. We are citizens yeah. of the church, or in this context, we are citizens of God's chosen people. We live under the covenant that, that God swore to Abraham. But then when it comes to being family, he's referring to with God. And um, the fact that God created us for this deep and very personal relationship with him mm. and this covenantal relationship with his people so that I can meet someone from Australia who I've never met before in my life, Mm. but they're a child of God. I know I'm a citizen with them. I don't have to feel super cozy in family. Um, We might have different views. We might have different understandings of scripture and cultural differences. We might have different languages and not be able to communicate, but I know I'm a fellow citizen, but with God, I'm family. Yeah. And there's yeah. something really incredibly powerful about that. And there's other places in scripture where we're referred to as family with the saints. But um, I think there is a a juxtaposition going on here that shows actually the, the greater depth of relationship that we have directly with God mm. um, than just with necessarily all of our fellow believers. Mm. Um, but both are sacred and both are profound. Great. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I mean, I love one thing that I love about these podcasts is you can sit on one verse for a mm. while. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, this is a little bit of a curveball. Yeah, go for it. Just while we're on the topic of family, we have extended family in Kenya, and I just really wanted to give you a little opportunity just to share a little bit more about what's <laughs> happening with KCP at the moment. Oh, for sure. Because um, they're our extended family too. They are, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard about the Kenyan Children's Project before. Um, we're a nonprofit that serves to help children who have experienced either gross neglect or abuse or they're living on the streets. Um, and we, we help rescue, rehabilitate, and reintegrate them into families um, preferably their own when, when that's possible. And um, I, I myself haven't been to Kenya. I'm part of our very small staff team here in the UK. Um, but it's a beautiful thing that is, that is being accomplished every day. Yesterday we, we rescued a new boy. We get um, a lot of referrals from, from the Kenyan government. And some of the cases are really, really hard. Children who've experienced things that, that sound like a a horror movie um but it's their real life and kids who don't know how to speak because they've never been spoken to they've been treated like an animal from a young age or or different kinds of kids and some of the deep traumas and pains that they go through i think the the beauty of it in in relation to to this is that they are still citizens of heaven and children Mm -hmm. of god and um and when we're able to come and and surround them with with loving, caring people who also have an, an incredible amount of professional expertise um, in trauma relief and counseling and all kinds of things. And even just basic things like feeding them really good meals and giving them somewhere safe to sleep at night and friends to spend time with and have fun. It 
it changes them mm-hmm. and it changes them at such a deep and powerful and profound level um some of the we call them transformations that have gone on in, in the lives of our kids you can i i get all of the photos um that we take through when i'm developing social media posts and you can see the differences in yeah, yeah. in the span of like a month it's amazing um and it's not just physical health it's emotional health it's it's mm. relational health it's it's so much and um and yeah so that's a, a beautiful thing to be a part of and uh, I'm pretty pretty proud of what our what our team is doing wow well we're gonna pray yeah um, Jesus yeah we just thank you you are forever faithful and we thank you that your sacrifice has brought us into connection with each other brought us into relationship with God and we thank you that we are permanently citizens in heaven and we thank you that we are members of your household and yeah we're so excited for 2020 (laughs) lord we're so excited for what you're going to do but we just pray even over this christmas period that we will have wild encounters with you and that we are celebrating the birth of the one that has brought us to this place where we can have a relationship with you. So Lord, would you come and meet with us this Christmas? Mm-hmm. Bless you guys. And thank you for listening. Yeah. Ciao. Bye. Bye. <laughs>